It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Hey, 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 it's Morgan number two. We're breaking down everything that happened during the show this week, your favorite moments, what y'all engaged with the most online, and the things that you called in the most about. So these are the biggest segments of the week. So the show has been a full on a love fest. I mean, engagements, weddings, Ray got married, Bobby got engaged, and Mike D got engaged. All amazing things happening in our studio. But this week, Mike D kind of shared some of the finalizing wedding plans that have happened recently. And I wanted to bring him on to even share a little bit more details. What's up, Mike? What up? So you shared this week. Just give a little bit of a recap. Not much because I'll hear the whole segment. But yeah, just that we finally set our wedding date. Okay, and it's next year. Next year in June. And it's going to be in Texas, which where is all your family live, right? Yeah, that's where my family lives and my fiance's family. So how is the wedding process going? Are you involved in it? I'm involved in, like, I would say the fun stuff. Like, the thing I just did was book the mariachi. So You're going to have a mariachi band at yeah. your wedding? Okay. So I was like, okay, I'll take care of that. So I'm kind of taking care of the things that are, like, I don't know, music-related or anything like that. Well, and you are vegan, for any yeah. of our listeners that don't know that. Um, so what do you think your menu at the wedding is going to be like, and are you going to stick with, like, vegan things? Well, we're going with Mexican food, so we're going to have, like, a food truck. And I don't know if I'm going to be vegan on my wedding because <laughs> I have a rule that I break around Christmas where I, I allow myself to eat whatever I want, and I'm not vegan for that day. So I was even thinking in, like, the spirit of having fun and going all out, I'll probably— I don't think I'll eat meat, but I'll probably eat something with cheese on it. So Okay, so at least a little bit off of yeah. your normal thing. What about desserts? Because you, you also don't eat a lot of desserts being vegan. I mean, you don't even really eat desserts, period. I don't. Um, so what is that going to be like? So we're not even doing a wedding cake. Our plan is to do, like, these really great cookies that my fiancé loves. So I think I will have one of those because she told me about these cookies. I was like, there's no way they could be as good as you're hyping them up. I tried them last Christmas, and they are amazing. So we're getting a bunch of those. So food truck with tacos and cookies and a mariachi band. Yes. Is the mariachi band going to play the entire time, or are you having something else going on, too? We're going to have a DJ, too. So All right. It's off with the mariachi, though. Do you have one song that you have to make sure is played at your wedding? Oh, I want to see if the mariachi can do a ring of fire. But other than that, that's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> and what about y'all's family? You talked about you guys getting together before the wedding. Mm -hmm. Are you guys still planning on doing that? So my, my sister actually just met my fiance's mom because my family made tamales this past week. And she was driving through Texas and dropped some off. And that was like the first time anybody from my family has met anybody from her family. And they were like best of friends already. Oh, great. And they made, okay. they made plans for our families to get together, maybe over Christmas. So hopefully when y'all go back for Christmas, you yeah, all get to get together. We'll see what happens. Uh, are you nervous about that? No, because I think if my sister got along with her mom so well, I think our personalities will match. So probably more nervous about like my dad because my dad is kind of like me I think that's where I get the whole don't talk a whole lot from <laughs> so I think that would be the interesting dynamic just because my dad is so reserved and what about Kelsey how is she so Kelsey is your fiance's name. yeah how is she handling the wedding process she's doing she's taking on a lot of it um so it's a little bit of her having to do her job she's also in grad school right now so it's a lot for her so there's some days where she's like, all right, I can't talk about the wedding anymore. <laughs> I'm just focusing on what I need to do today. But I'm trying to help her out as much as I can. And has she found her wedding dress yet? She has. I think she's 
started looking a little bit, but she hasn't gone to try on anything yet. Okay, so prospects, but yeah. not the dress quite Very yet. early stages of it. Do you know what color you're going to be wearing? I think I'm just going straight black. Okay. Maybe even all black. I want to look like a like a gothic angel. And I you, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like your punk rock style is what you're going yeah, with. Yeah. I was like, "Can I wear black?" She was like, "Yeah, you wear black." I was like, "Can I do all black?" She's like, "I don't know. We have to pick some kind of accent color," is what she said, so. Yes, very true. What about is the wedding going to be indoor outdoor? You can you can say you know, you plead the fifth if I'm asking too many personal questions. I believe the ceremony will be outdoor, and then it's an indoor for the reception. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want our listeners to know about your whole love, relationship, marriage, all the things happening right now? Don't be afraid to online date. <laughs> well, yeah, because y'all met on Bumble. We met on the dating app, and it worked. It's successful. So I know, I think it's less now that there's a stigma around it, but... If there weren't for dating apps, I wouldn't have a fiance. <laughs> well, and I think the other thing, too, is don't be afraid of long distance because y'all were long distance for a really long time. Yeah, for the first two years of our relationship, it was all long distance. And I think a little bit people were like, well, could you make it work? It's really hard. Like, yeah, it is hard, but any relationship's hard. I think that made us a lot stronger in the beginning of just getting down how to communicate to each other and... That long distance brought us closer together, and luckily this year, unfortunately with the pandemic stuff, that's kind of what got us to be able to spend so much time together and her leading to being able to move here. But, yeah, long distance, you can do it. Oh, you just made me think of a question. Did you guys, is there anything that you guys have found out about each other living with each other that you didn't so much like or know before? I'd say it's more on my end if she found out how messy I am because I've been a single dude for my entire life and I live like an animal apparently. (laughs) So she's kind of figured out like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a thing. And I've tried to get better at it. I'm very conscious of how much I just leave stuff laying around or how much I don't pick up after myself. So, yeah, that is me. Well, and I will attest, I've met Kelsey many times and she is wonderful. So I'm very happy for you guys. Um, But you guys can listen to this segment now where Mike talks more about his wedding plans. Also, Ray and Bobby talk about babies, if they're going to have them, when they're going to have them, all the things. Number seven. I guess we'll start with the news about Mike D, who is a writer on the show. He comes on the air a couple times a week, stands in the corner, got a little desk. But you have your wedding plans kind of figured out. Yep, we set a date. Wayne, what is your date? June 5th. So much wedding and love happening here. Raymundo just got married. Mike D and I both got engaged in the same month. Yeah. And so yours is June fifth. Where in Texas? Oh, okay, that's a tough ass. All, all, all of us are like, oh crap, oh, boy. Oh, Mike. I, mean, I felt that coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, why Texas? Well, because all of my family lives there, and all of my fiance's family lives there. It just makes sense yeah. to go there. Did you at all want to have it here? No, I had that in my head from the start of it. So I'm good with Texas. Have you guys found the venue? Found the venue, yeah. Was it hard to get? No, surprisingly, the first place we looked into was available, so we got lucky. Does she like it? Yeah. Okay. All right, anything else you want to tell us about the wedding? That's it, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, what what city in Texas? Uh, outside of Austin. Okay. All right, well, that's know. better. Well, I didn't know if they were going to Mike's hometown, or Waxahachie, or if she was from somewhere else. I don't know where she's from from. Yeah, it'll be outside of Austin. And you've met her family, and you like them? Yeah. We're all good. They like you? They do. Have your families met? They have not met. Oh, that's That's awesome. always we fun. may try to do something before <laughs> the wedding, because I think it'd be weird if the first time they meet is there. 
So, but as of now, they have not met yet. But you've hung out with her dad? Yeah. Does her dad talk? Yeah. Because you don't. I don't, no. Yeah. That was hard for me. <laughs> You're not the kind of guy I would see quickly bonding with someone because you don't talk at all. I know. I had to ask you for advice. Like, what do I talk to him about? <laughs> and what did I say? About his job. Okay. He's a police officer. Oh, yeah. He can just ask cool. a lot of questions. Wow, he's a cop, huh? Yeah. Oh. You ever shot a man? He's retired now, but yeah. <laughs> you ever shot? How many, seriously, how many guys you shot? He's like, dang it. Bad question. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. That's probably really traumatic for him if he's had No, I, I know. That's why I wouldn't okay. be good. Yeah. On the wedding. <laughs> yeah. How traditional is the wedding? Meaning, mm, the funding of the wedding. Yeah. We actually just had a meeting with them about... Um, they're paying for it. They are? Yeah. Paying yeah! For it. yeah! That's what you do, Mike D. What's Lunchbox, traditional? Did, did your wife's... My father-in-law paid for every single thing. I mean, we didn't spend a dime. And I'll tell you what, I don't even know how much... To, I don't even know how much a single thing cost at my wedding. Because I was like, don't care. Bill ain't coming to me. You deal with it. Bones, yeah. my... Her wedding, Lunchbox's wedding, there's no way it was cheap. It was awesome. My father-in-law, we got married first, so he paid for that. And then she has two other <laughs> sisters got married the same year right after that. He had three weddings in two years. Oh, man. Brutal. Kaylin's sister's getting married like three weeks after us. Yeah. There but we go. I'm paying for the wedding. Wait, what? What? Wait, no, 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 no. It's tradition. No, 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 Bobby, Bobby, you got to go. You, you cannot buck the system. No, I, I'm bucking it because I was like. I want to do it. Now you're throwing the idea on so air right now. So how did that conversation go? The conversation went like this. Hey, I want to pay for the wedding. I'm fortunate enough to have money right now. Oh, so man. I'd be happy to pay for it. You're going to keep it, though. The money. Yeah, this is the- <laughs> <laughs> I'll blow it on the wedding. Listen, I'm... And also, they have two weddings. I was like, hey, let me take some burden off this situation. Did you have this conversation with her dad? Had the conversation with her. Okay, oh. interesting. And, and then she goes... And then she, she told, has And then she was like, hey, it. Bobby likes to pay for the wedding. And they're like, okay, cool. Oh, okay, so she had the conversation yeah. with them. It yeah, wasn't yeah. like a... I'm announcing it right now. <laughs> they had no idea. No, it's I, not and like they a struggle w- at the dinner table or anything where I'll he, pay for it. And he would have. But I was like, hey, listen, let me do it. Like, I'm blessed right now. Let me do it. No problem. Hmm. So, yeah, there's no issue. So then they'll pay for the honeymoon. I don't know how that works. No, Bobby's well, going to pay for it. Well, no, no. He's usually, blessed right now. Usually <laughs> it's the, 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 yeah, groom's the groom's family, family. that pay. But since okay, you're but, paying for the wedding, they have to step up. Then the groom's family will also pay oh, for the, and the oh, No, man. the groom's family also pays for the rehearsal dinner. Well, there I go. Again, <laughs> listen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mike, congratulations, bud. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. Let's get going here. It's a long travel. To Texas? Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. That you far. don't even know you got invited yet. Oh, that's <laughs> true. There's <laughs> been a lot of things. Yeah, that's true. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. Major controversy on the show for the last couple of weeks over Luke Holmes and his Crocs. Now, Luke Holmes put out a few collaborations with Crocs for shoes, and these latest ones were so awesome, and they were a hot commodity. Well, he sent up some to the show to Bobby, Amy, and Hillary, who's like our liaison between the show and artists. Lunchbox and Raymundo were so upset that they weren't included and that they didn't get Crocs, you know. It was a whole thing, okay? They were crybabies about this. And there was an update on it that happened because, well, Crocs emailed me. You can find out in this segment if it went good or if it went bad. Number six. You know, last week there was big drama because, Hillary, you can come speak to this for a second. Crocs, Luke Combs and Crocs sent us three pair of Crocs, right? Yes. Four. Me, you, and Amy. Well, and some people on the show got mad because you were on the list of those receiving the Crocs. Yes. Are they comfortable? 
They're very comfortable. Oh, I just wore them last night. They're my okay. favorite Crocs. I have them too. They have their line. <laughs> yeah. They sold out in minutes because people love Luke Combs so much. So yeah. annoying. And so Lunchbox got really upset. Well, here's the update. Morgan, what happened? So I got an email from Tori who works marketing for Crocs and she heard the whole situation go down on the show about these Crocs and she's now sending anyone who wants a pair from the show oh a pair. Yeah! Oh, that's Woo! ridiculous. What? That's how you get it done, baby! We have to realize that people listen to this show and they hear you acting like babies whining about not getting Crocs. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they hear me whining because they realize, man, we made a huge error in judgment (laughs) and we need to rectify the situation. They realize what they did and that's what I'm talking about. That's how you start a morning. How did did they uh, get in touch with you or how do they know? She sent me an email and she was just like, I'm reaching out on behalf of the team over at Crocs. (laughs) We heard the crew at the Bobby Bones show chatting earlier this week about how they only received three pairs of the Crocs and Luke Combs collaboration and we'd really love to send over additional pairs. We are such babies. Yeah! Ridiculous. Like, I'm embarrassed a little bit. Right? What are you embarrassed about? <laughs> you! About a wrong being turned into a right. Can you also ask them for some of the Justin Bieber ones? <laughs> See? <laughs> hey, I can. You want me to? Well, I got I, you. I'd like a pair because they're the Justin Bieber, uh, what's his brand called? Drew. Drew. Like those are pretty cool too. So if they have any of those laying around, size eleven would be cool. <laughs> okay, I got you. But it is pretty embarrassing to be known as the show. They have to go now oh my and gosh. satisfy the whiners. That's why I love Crocs. They know what's up. That is what I'm talking about. <laughs> high a, five, Eddie. We got some no, Crocs coming. No, I'm not high fiving that. Who wears the biggest shoe on the show? What do you wear? Ten and a half. Ten and a half, eleven. No, don't go or eleven. Well, it depends what brand. Well, I can wear eleven too. I mean, 10 I can wear half thirteen, guys. <laughs> I got a pair of twelves in the closet. Ray. I'm 10, uh, but I'm very short, so that's actually a pretty big size shoe. Okay, everyone's making it. <laughs> you, Bones? Bobby? 11, but... 10 and a half feels good? No, but like <laughs> a good 14 feels pretty <laughs> good. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Lunchbox brought in audio to the show this week, and we had to determine whether his youngest son, Baby Box 2, said his first word or not. And Lunchbox was pretty adamant that he hoped to win over his wife. Listen, let us know what you think. Number five. Lunchbox, how old is your youngest? Nine months old. When did babies start talking? Like around what age? I would say nine, 10, 11 months. I mean, not sentences, just one word here or there. Eddie, what about your boys? Uh, Well, my baby right now, my foster baby is already saying words that we can understand. And he's nine months, so... Oh, this! I forgot you two mm-hmm. were fighting. Because There's a little war sometimes. The foster baby. The foster baby is a year and nine months. Eddie's trying to make it sound like he's the same age as my <laughs> child, but he is a year. He has a year ahead, but he is more advanced than my two-year-old. So his foster baby. The competition was my older son, and it's so annoying. Like Eddie's foster baby. <laughs> Rides a scooter, uh-huh. like a scooter, park. Like, like he stands on it and pushes it with one leg and then gets on it and rides it. And my kid can't walk down the street without falling over. <laughs> like it is so frustrating. I bought him a bike. Doesn't even know how to get on it. So annoying. So we're going to hear, though, your youngest. My youngest, who is nine months old. Who hasn't said a word yet. Has not said a word yet. And my wife says, oh, he said a word. And I'm like, I don't know if that's really a word. Okay, so don't tell us what it is. Exactly, because I don't want to cloud your judgment. Here is the clip of Lunchbox's youngest son. Talking. Go ahead. Oh. 
Okay. What word do we think he... I mean, obviously, it sounds like he's just going da, 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 da over and over again. Is he looking at you, Lunchbox, when he's saying that? Yep. Are you lying? Nope. Well, then, hey, Bones, there's no argument there. He's saying da, da. You think so? Yeah. Play it again. And he's looking at you. Looking at me. And listen, my wife doesn't want to hear Dada. That's why I said she's the one that really doesn't want to hear it. I heard Dada, so I started recording. He is saying Dada. I'm right? with you. Come on, guys. I'm like, with he you. is saying Dada. That is his first word. Let's go. Morgan, what do you think? I do think he's saying Dada. Yes. I hear it. Yeah, I can't I help it. it. Well, I think that he's saying Dada too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Woo! Take that wife. Yeah. <laughs> And you, what's crazy is she spends more time with him because she doesn't have a job, so she's at home with him all the time. So you would think he would say mama, but no, he knows what's up. That's right. Dad, 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 everybody. Dad, dad, I'm good. All I do is win. You win, dude. Did they, uh, your, your oldest, say mama first? He said mama before dada, but his first word was uh-oh. <laughs> That's his first it. word. But mama before dada. Yeah. And dada now on the second kid. Yeah, first word yeah. is dada. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. It was a big week in country music, especially here in Nashville. It was the CMA Awards. And every year before the show, we do pre-show interviews with all of the artists, which is really fun. And normally we go in person and we get to eat this really great food. But this year it was digital and all things virtual. It got a little awkward. I brought on Lunchbox and Eddie because it was the three of us who were sitting here doing these virtual interviews. And I kind of have a bone to pick because Lunchbox interrupted one of my interviews. Here's the problem is I don't understand why you say Awkward. What was awkward about it? I asked a question that everybody in America wanted to know, and you were dancing around it, dancing around it, and I don't like to dance. You know what I like to do? I walk straight lines, and so I walk straight lines right into it. Well, here's the thing. With artists, we tend to be respective of their privacy because they're humans too, you know? So as we're interviewing her, and I'm talking about her big song that she has out right now called Next Girl, and I love it. It's a good jam, and fans have thought it's about an ex of hers. Well, Lunchbox thought it'd be a good idea to directly ask her that question when this is still fresh, right? Like this is within months of this ending. And he wanted to know if it was about him. And I didn't think But it was if necessary. you write a song about something and everybody speculates about it, why don't we just get to the truth? If you're going to write a song about it, you're open about it. Yeah, but maybe they're just not quite ready yet to talk about that. I think if you ask him about it, they're going to say... You know, hey, this is what I want to talk about. But she didn't do that. And then Eddie. Lunchbox creeped up in the glass room and interrupted the whole interview. Yeah, that's that's where the problem was. Like, there's a time and place for things where, where, like that. Where would that. the time and place be? I like, don't know. In the middle of the interview? You and her just chatting it up somewhere, no, drinking then, coffee. And you're that, like, hey, that, hey, that, hey t- tell me what really happened with that song. Like, you write it about this, you write about that. But literally, Morgan number two was in the middle of an interview. And then you go, stop, 
Stop right there. Almost like Kanye and Taylor. Didn't you even yes, say that in the interview? I, little, I said it afterwards. I was like, I feel like Taylor Swift right now. You Kanye'd her. Because when she was trying to just do her job. I could tell Morgan number two wasn't going to ask the hard-hitting question that everybody wanted this to know. This isn't like news station. This is entertainment. No, he wants it to be TMZ. <laughs> no, no, Lunchbox wants to be TMZ. It's not TMZ. It's the one question everybody wants to know. So why would you not, if you have the person right there, why would you not ask that one question? It's sort of like Carol Baskin. Uh you got to ask her, did you kill your husband? Okay, but we had her on and we did not ask that question. It's like OJ. You ask him. That's another one, OJ. But see, dude, like, like, and props to Carly, too, for, like, answering it the best that she could. You got to think how awkward. Yeah, how well, awkward is it? I imagine it took me at least three months to even want to share on the show that I broke up with my yes. boyfriend. I can't imagine getting out of what she got out of. And a lot of these artists, dude, they, they are inspired to write songs, but it's never like, yes, this song is about a party that I threw and no one showed up. They're like, oh, this, this happened one time, and it's kind of about maybe, that. Maybe she was waiting for someone to ask her. You never know until you <laughs> ask the question. No, maybe, she was yeah, not I, waiting. I, I, but we didn't know that until you asked. No one was. No one has the guts to ask it, so you ask it, and maybe... She's like, you know what? Finally, someone just comes out and asks me what the song, if it's about so-and-so. Do you think, Morgan number two, that Lunchbox does this just to have something to get people riled up about? Like, do you think he yes. just does this on purpose? Or does Lunchbox he really- Lunchbox is all about routing people up. Oh so, oh, so you don't think he was really wondering what this song was about or who no, it was No, he about? didn't even get the song title right. He didn't even know the song. <laughs> no, the, he's not got the song. What'd you call it? No, New Girl. New Girl because my wife was watching New Girl the night before, so I had 24 no, hey, you hours know ago. Okay. You know what? Right now, give me a lyric of the song. Sing me a verse. It's Next Girl. Sing me Go a verse. Ahead. Uh, so for the next girl, you got to run. Sing it. I, I can't sing, See, guys. I don't, I don't need you beat. to sing it. You just need the words. If you don't, you don't know any of that song. No, so. I, I, I do. It's like he tells you he's gonna be here forever. He makes you think you're the only one. You're the greatest thing. And next, then girl. it's like, mm. no, no. Yeah, that's no. basically. Yeah, that's exactly what the song says. Yeah, but I needed a, like a specific lyric to prove. I just that. Well, wait. What that was not mean? a specific I, lyric. You gave a synopsis of a song that is most likely what it's about. And then, too, I think he, like, when we were prepping for these interviews, like when we got the list of who was going to be on here or whatever, he automatically, his go-to question, which I don't even think he got to ask this time around, but it's like, how much money do you make? Oh, Are you time. rich? Like, like literally, we were going through notes and be like, oh, that's cool. Let's ask Marin about her kids, you know, her, 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 her son, and, like, why she doesn't put them on social media. Ooh, let's ask so-and-so about this. I want to know how much money they make. Are you rich? Here's the thing. You guys want to ask the same boring questions that every other interviewer was doing? That's your business. I don't do that crap. I ask fun, interesting questions that you're not going to hear anywhere else. You can listen to any other interview and hear the exact same questions you guys are asking. Do you, I don't do that. Do you ever care if an artist doesn't like you after an not interview? A, not one bit. Why? 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 They, don't, they care don't, don't, don't care about me. I don't care about them. Exactly. But he they says could that. care about you no, if the interview don't. went well. No, they don't. They just want you to get their music out there. They don't really like you. They they, they they are nice to you, so you'll interview them and put their music out there and promote their stuff. Not one. Not one. Really? That, that's maybe. very much not true. Well, maybe who? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Well, just to all of our, our listeners, it's very much not true. They all are very kind. If they I do was broken down things. on the side of the road with a flat tire, they're not going to stop and help. There are so many stories about celebrities helping. 
Somebody would help you. Yeah, somebody, but it wouldn't be them. Kip Moore. No, he'd call somebody. <laughs> now, Kip Moore would, no, he would not. He doesn't like me. Eddie, you got to interview Brothers Osborne mm-hmm. when Lunchbox and I weren't sitting there and had to feel <laughs> the pressure of that. How did that go? Was it better to not have the pressure of that and you got to just enjoy the interview? No, it was good. Like, yeah, not worry about someone interrupting my interview and asking hard-hitting questions. Yeah, it's fine. I just think the, the, these interviews are just a little awkward because you know that they are on a uh, what you would call like a tour interview tour. Yes. So they're literally doing 10, 15, sometimes 50 interviews right before they came to you. Yeah, and what questions are being asked? Exact same ones you were asking. Right. But I still don't want to make them feel awkward. <laughs> like, I don't want to ask them the no. question that everyone's one But the me answer. asking uh, Luke Combs who's going to carve the turkey at Thanksgiving, that's a good question to ask because it's something he's not going to get Thanksgiving. What's right the ar- point of the answer, though? Like, like what are we going to learn if he says me, not my father-in-law? Screw him. So, cool. so, so the, we're all like, "Wow, that's so cool!" Now, every time I hear a Luke Combs song, okay. I'm gonna know he's. Would you rather hear? Would you rather hear talking about? Would you rather hear real life things or, hey man, like, at what point did you know this song was gonna be a hit? Hey, well, I, I, found I would out like that, to. I would like to argue this because this is not the questions that I asked. I found out that Mary Morris has Taylor Swift in her phone. Love that. I love that. And I found out that John Osborne peed next to Charlie Daniels one time. But so they're what, not okay. unoriginal and questions. I don't embarrass right. him. What is the difference between asking um, who, what celebs you have in your phone and how much money you have in your bank account? It's no the same one thing. likes to talk about the money you in know, their bank account. We literally did a segment on the show about the questions you're not supposed to ask people. And you ask them to artists <laughs> in interviews. They're celebrities. They're people. <laughs> they are people. They're humans. Okay. They put on their pants one leg okay. at a time. Well, before we wrap okay. this up. You guys you guys keep doing your fun <laughs> interviews. I'll do them my way, and we'll see who gets better ratings. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Before we do, though, Eddie, who is the best person you've ever interviewed? Oh, uh, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy. Oh, yeah, he came Recently. on the show. Mm-hmm. He's That's- my idol and my favorite person, and I wish I was him and lived life the way he lives life. Island time? Yes. Five, five o'clock somewhere? Somewhere. No. Is that Five him? o'clock somewhere. <laughs> That's it. Lunchbox, who's your favorite interview? Easy, 50 Cent. You interviewed 50 Cent? How did that go? That was, was great. Did you ask him how much money he has in bank? I bank went account? dressed as 50 Cent. Like, I dressed up as oh a member gosh. of G-Unit. Oh, boy. And G-Unit? I walked in there with my 6XL shirt, my G-Unit hat, oh my, my big old chain, everything, and he freaking loved it. He laughed, and he thought it was great, and he was like, yeah, man, you think the first time I heard a lunchbox when you walked in that room? No, they've been talking about you for years, man. I've been hearing all about this lunchbox guy. He said awesome. that too. So he lied to you. So, but at least I had fun with it, and it was awesome. Well, my— Morgan number two, what was yours? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite was Granger Smith because I got him to bring out Earl Dibbles Jr., and we would reverse questions every other time. It was great. It was the most fun I've had in an, an interview That's probably cool. ever because— for somebody to turn on a dime quickly from one personality to the other is pretty impressive. Yeah. Especially when it's Granger Smith and Earl Dibbles Jr. And you know it's him, but he won't talk about him like he is him. Yes. And like, they don't know each other, basically. Don't. It's how they act. <laughs> but you are him. <laughs> yeah. It's so wild. Okay. Well, check out this segment. Also, the full interviews from our CMA remotes are up on YouTube slash Bobby Bones Show. Number four. This is you talking with Carly Pierce. Mm-hmm. You ask her if they consider Luke Combs doing I Hope You're Happy Now with Carly at the CMAs because he wrote the song. Yes. Okay, here's that clip. 
one of your co-writers on this song was Luke Combs. Did you guys even talk about the idea of Luke Combs doing the duet with you? We did, and I think that just with his scheduling and and with um, him already performing on the show, I think they were trying to do something a little different. You know, good for her, too, for going, yeah, we did. Yeah. Because she could have easily said, no, we just always felt it was Charles Kelly. But good for Carly for being honest about that. I think Charles Kelly's going to be fine and good. But I mean, to have Luke Combs on that song, <laughs> let's be honest. It'd be pretty cool. Uh, Morgan asked Marin Morris who's the most famous person's phone number she has in her phone. I feel like I'm name dropping, but that's obviously the It's the a question. question. <laughs> um, there, there's yeah. no name dropping. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift. Yeah, okay. <laughs> She's been super, super sweet and supportive of me, and I'm just such a fan of what she does and her platform. So we text sometimes, and uh, she's been so sweet about my my son that was born a few a few months ago, and has just been uh, such a, a sweet friend about me being a new mom. Here's one more question with Morgan and Marin Morris: Where she keeps all the awards in her house. Uh, when my friend and late producer Busby passed away last year, they were clearing out his studio here in Nashville, and his wife, Jess, gave me his piano that we wrote 80s Mercedes on and once, and a lot of my songs were on that piano with him. So that piano is my most prized possession, and it's sitting in my basement, and I have um, a photo of me and Buzz on top of it that my band framed for me, and I have my CMA Awards and Grammy on top of the piano. So um, it's it's kind of a Busby shrine, <laughs> but it's a, it's a really special corner of my house. If I can go back to Morgan while she's talking to Carly Pierce... Uh, Lunchbox jumps in in the middle of the interview. And can you play a clip of Next Girl? This is Carly's song. about a dude who yeah. pretty much did her wrong and she knows the story. So Lunchbox asks her, uh, who's that about? Okay, wait, so- wait, hold on, Carly, this is Lunchbox. <laughs> I, I, I'm going rogue here. Is, is that song you said you were, like, is it about anybody in particular, New Girl? Next, next girl. girl. Next girl. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely written about my life. Okay, so we, we're just going to keep it at that. Yeah. All right, I love it. It's a great song. Lunchbox, you're bad. <laughs> I know. Got one more question here. <laughs> Sorry. I, I felt it. Like, I felt Maybe his presence. Honestly, I knew it was going to happen. I saw him in the. I was like, here, somebody's going to do it. Ray, you in there? No, Ray, Ray didn't want to do it. I figured I had to ask. I wanted to because we've had your back this whole time. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted hey, to come in keep there. Keep having my back. I see you. I'm going to mess up your song title <laughs> and I'm going to ask you a question about it. You girl. So, this song you wrote called New Boy. <laughs> what on? No, that's not it. Uh, Lunchbox was with Luke Combs for a second. You asked him about Crockgate. Yeah, about I want to know what happened with Crockgate. But everybody's fighting over Luke Combs' Crocs here in the studio. I'm absolutely aware. I've heard of I've heard a lot of a lot of murmurs about uh, Crocsgate. Yeah, there. yeah, Crocsgate. You know, Bobby gets yep. a pair, Amy gets a pair, and the homeless cat in the back, Hillary, got a pair. And Lunchbox <laughs> did not get a pair of Loose Combs Crocs. What's up with that, Luke? I've heard that the problem has been reconciled. So before you ask, you may want to say, who got a hold of Crocs and got you some pairs of those? Oh, okay. You may wonder. I do wonder who got a hold of Crocs and got me a pair. Who knows? 
Oh. You never know. I'm like country music Santa Claus. Man. Okay, you'll never know. Did you have them? Do you have them mail? Yeah, they came in the mail. You have them? I got them in my house. Are you happy? You wear them? I got them last night, so I got to put them on today. First day, I'm going to put them on for the CMAs. You're going to wear them tonight? Absolutely. Oh Stop calling Hillary a homeless cat, <laughs> by the way. I think literally she does more work on the show than most people, like actual work. I don't, she's not a homeless cat. That's actually pretty rude to say. Apologize. This doesn't apologize. You call her a homeless cat. It's a dis it's a metaphor. Why can't you just apologize? What's a metaphor? Uh, something. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Oh, it's like where something stands for something. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah so right? a simile is a, a, the same, but a, a metaphor is like or as. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> metaphor. You won't apologize. Yeah, you should apologize. There's nothing to apologize for. Okay. Like, it's a good metaphor. A simile. homeless cat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is not a good metaphor. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. We had a debut with an artist this week. Parker McCollum stopped by for the first time. He performed his song Pretty Heart. Plus, he bonded with the guys over Texas. And he also talked a lot about what got him into music in the first place. Number three. The Friday Morning Conversation with Parker McCollum. Good to finally meet you, man. Oh, man, the pleasure's all mine. Thanks for having me. So you live in Austin, huh? Uh, I split time between here and Austin. We're all, I mean, so do we. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I, I knew that. I yeah, knew that. so do we. We, You know, this our whole show came together in Austin. And so mm -hmm. it's still a humongous part of our lives. Lunchbox went to high school and... Yeah, Anderson High School. Uh, Mopac and Steck, shout out. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's legit. Not a lot of people know what Mopac is. Where, uh, where'd you grow up, grow up? I grew up in a town called Conroe. Where's that? Just north of Houston. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And when did you move over to Austin? Ten, uh, right after I graduated high school, just a few days. Was that two percent music? It was. I told my parents I was going to uh, community college just so they would... Let me move there. Uh, and I went for about a week and a half. Uh, and I was enrolled for like a whole year. They didn't know that I wasn't going. Um, and, uh, but my, I told my dad, I was like, man, I, I was like, I think I could do this seriously. Uh, and he was like, well, get out of school and do it. So, so he was, your parents were super supportive of that. My dad really, really was. He, uh, um, he was, he's this kind of businessman, you know, he didn't have a college degree either. So he was like, if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, go get it. Go start learning, doing what you actually want to do. And, and I didn't know how to form a band or even get a show for a couple of years um, and just kind of bummed around Austin and finally started playing at the Saxon Pub and Pooties out in Spicewood, if y'all know where that is. And, you know, now I play the Bobby Bones show today. So what was it? You, you go and you're just playing these any, any type solo spot you can get, right? So when did it all start to kind of come together where you're like, oh, I may actually have a career in country music? Um, well, there's a, there's a band out of Texas called the Randy Rogers band. We know. Him. Uh, yeah. and, uh, I was a huge fan growing up, obviously. Uh, and Randy had started a management company right after my first album had come out. And I think he had gotten a hold of it and we opened for him one night and, uh, he wanted to sign me and start managing me. And that was really kind of, um, when I started being like, I think, you know, maybe this could snowball into what I want it to be, get to where I'm trying to go. He was really a big ticket on that. Parker McCollum's here. Uh, you were a violin kid? No, no. I, you know, it's funny. They, I was in orchestra, and, like, you know, they make you join band or orchestra in intermediate school. And and I wanted, I, was, I didn't want to be in band. I wanted to play the violin because I always heard it in George Strait songs. And, uh, and I was last chair 
both years. Uh, <laughs> I spent most of my time out in the hallway because uh, one of my best friends in the world, Nick Nightingale, uh, he was in my class as well, and he was <laughs> he was second to last chair. Uh, and we we both spent a lot of time in the hallway. So was never a, a career on the fiddle for you? No, and and I didn't even start playing guitar. I think uh, probably until a year or two after that. So you remember your first song you ever learned on guitar? Uh, it was "Framed" by Chris Knight. And you sat down. How did you learn to play guitar? Because for me, I just bought a chord sheet at Walmart. You know, that's mm-hmm. what, how, for you, how was it at 13? Um, well, I have an older brother, Tyler, who's six years older than I am. Phenomenal songwriter. Really, really a, a true talent. Um, and he was always playing guitar. I didn't even really have any interest in playing guitar. I just wanted to do what Big Brother was doing. And so, and he would never teach me anything. He always made me learn on my own. So, I mean, I would go on. That's when, like, YouTube was very first a thing. And I would go and, and, you know, search how to play Framed by Chris Knight. Or I think uh, Yellow by Coldplay was a song I learned to play really early on. So It's funny. He acts like YouTube. Is, he's like... <laughs> Long time ago. Yeah, you're like 28. It's like <laughs> back in the olden days. Well, it, it, it was like, you know, the internet started like in my childhood. So it's I, I remember a little bit before it, but... Um, but I, and I tell kids all the time, like, don't pay for guitar lessons. I was like, everything you want to know is free on YouTube. Parker McCollum is here. He's going to play for us in just a second. But I remember back, uh, Pretty Heart was doing pretty well. And then you, you were going to go play some shows. And it was right when it was starting to open up a bit in Texas mm-hmm. with COVID. And I read your post. You were like, well, I woke up and couldn't taste or smell. Yes. I think I have COVID. I did. That's So did you know immediately? You're like... Oh, crap. Did you know immediately? Uh, well, it kind of took... I didn't even realize. I walked down the stairs. I was on vacation in Gulf Shores with my family, um, and I'd been there for like three or four days, and nobody ended up getting it. I guess I'd arrived with it. Um, and we were eating breakfast, and I was like, what's wrong with the bacon? True story. <laughs> true story. And everybody was like, the bacon tastes fine. And then I realized that I didn't smell it. You know, it's a very... That's like how you smell it in the morning and start yeah. your day. And, and I was like, uh-oh. So I went and got like a Dr. Pepper out of the fridge. And I was like, smelling like this big pumpkin candle. And I was like, this is not good. <laughs> so you go and get a test? and I went and got a test and uh, had the bus come get me and take me to the ranch. And um, so they called me and said it was positive. And I was like, well, I got to stay here now. And I was there for 10 days. And, and I, I never felt bad or anything. I never got sick or... The taste and smell thing was the only thing. So Eddie had it. He was a bit symptomatic. Yeah, I was. But the same thing for me is like I was in the shower and like my shampoo's so strong smelling and I can't smell it yeah. right now. And then when I got out, I sprayed I sprayed cologne and couldn't smell that. I'm like I'm in trouble. That's it's it. really it's really bizarre. If you it's hard to explain to people what it's like. It just like if you I hope you don't have to experience obviously, but it's really strange. I saw you posted on your Instagram feed that it was John Mayer's birthday. You're wishing him happy birthday. Mm-hmm. John Mayer's my favorite artist. You know, wow. John, John Mayer and Garth Brooks, to me, are my favorite. So what about John John Mayer, you know, is inspiring to you? Um, you know, it's a lot of people I know, I think, and I think it kind of gets put on the back burner a little bit with him because he's such a phenomenal guitar player and his image and everything is, is kind of spot on. And I always say if you had a video game, create a player to create the perfect artist, you'd probably come out with John Mayer or something close to it. But it's really his songwriting. Um, everything from... Um, Heartbreak Warfare, um, Heavier Things, um, Born and Raised in Paradise Valley were two records that didn't get a lot of love that I really kind of lived with for a while. And they were more country southwest. They were. They really based. were. Yeah. There's like steel guitar yeah. on it and stuff. It's. I always say it's like it's it's like really close to country music. It's like not all the way there, which I thought was really cool. And um, I just, man, I think someone that uh, you know he's what 43 44 now no wife no kids still fully committed to a career in songwriting and still trying to write great records 
uh, something I admire big time about him. He was the first songwriter that I ever felt was speaking for me, which so a good way to put it. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I felt that same way. Wow, you're saying what I say, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know I wanted to say it that way, and and that's kind of why. You know, I was like, man, John Mayer's, that's, that's my guy. All right, well, listen, man, I'm glad you're here. Let's shout out your sister real quick. Yes, oh, she's going to freak. She is like, <laughs> I'm not saying, she, she, the other day she was in Austin looking at houses. She's about to move there, and she didn't know I was playing this this week. And uh, she got in the car, and I was like, well, i got to fly to Nashville next week and play Bobby Bones. She started yelling. She's like, you made it. You made it. And I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, I, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. <laughs> What's her name? You want to say her name? Michael McCollum. Or Michael Adams now. She's married. She's been married for five years. I still call her Michael McCollum. Uh, Michael Adams. Though. All right, well, Michael, thank you for the support. We appreciate yeah. that. Uh, you want to play this big old fat hit you have? I would do it. Man, that sounds good when you say it like that. I mean, because it is. You know, I, I would hear it for a while, and I was like, okay, this thing's got a shot. And it was the On the Verge song for a while, and I was like, this got a... and I was rooting for you because I know where you're from. And here, I mean, now it's just a big old hit everywhere. Yeah. So congratulations, man. Thank you, man. That's, I appreciate that's really it. cool. Uh, here is Pretty Heart from Parker McCollum. He's got his guitar. Let's hear it. You were good, you were golden on the inside, and you loved me the best you could. I'm the one that dropped the ball, got you high and let you fall. Let the best thing I ever had slip away. And what does that say about me? I could do you like I did That I could break an angel's wings What does that say about me? That I stood there like a fence post As you drove off in your car And what does that say about me? Now that I've brought your pretty heart Your pretty heart Come on, man. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Nice job. Man, you're just the kind of guy I'm jealous of. (laughs) He's got it all. He's tall. He's good looking. He can sing. He can play. I got none of that. No, man. I'm a little tall. But other than that, I got none of that. You an athlete in high school? Uh, Well, I was until... For a little, for a little while. So you learned you could sing so well, and and that was gonna get your girls. Yes. Yeah. Well, I just noticed I was a lot better than all my friends at doing that than I was at playing football or basketball. So. Man, you're impressive. Oh, the, thank the, you. Just, I mean, even even you sing. Sometimes I wonder because I, I hadn't met you before today, mm-hmm. and occasionally we get a new artist that comes in, and I'm like, you know what? They could use a little work. <laughs> but not you. Nailed yeah, it, man. You. That's awesome. Thanks a lot. I'd like to invite you to come back in December. We do a real special thing every year for St. Jude, and I know you've been to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't mind, you want to come back in December and play a song for the, the Radiothon? Man, I would love to. All right, there he is. Parker McCall. It's yeah. been fantastic. Thank you all so much. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. So this week, Bobby's fiance stopped by the studio. She really came up to watch one of her favorite artists, Craig Morgan, perform 
But while she was here, we kind of convinced her to stay and hang out a little bit. So I brought Bobby on to talk about this segment a little bit more. Um, she wasn't planning to sit even at a microphone. And I think when I said, hey, sit over here in Amy's chair, because Amy's not here this week. She was like, is Amy going to get mad? I don't want to talk. And then you just have to get someone to sit there. And then I thought she was pretty good on the show, actually. Yeah, she was great. Do you think she's getting better at being able to talk and do these things? I think that for her, it's really uncomfortable. But I think she's starting to go, you know what, this is kind of my new normal that I need to be a little more open to doing it than I used to be. She has no interest in the public life. I had to convince her that she loves to cook. And I was like, do these cooking shows. You'll love it. And she's like, I don't want to be on camera. But now she kind of likes doing the cooking and seeing people cook the same thing and be like, hey, that was really good. So I don't think it'll ever be her thing that she wants to do. But she's becoming a little more receptive to going, yeah, I'll come up and be a part of that. Because it's important to me. Well, and have you guys enjoyed, like, have you enjoyed the wedding planning more than you thought you would? I'm enjoying it a ton because I ain't doing it. <laughs> it's the most enjoyable thing I've ever done. But does she get like your input on little things like when she's working on stuff or does she for the most part just leave you out of it? I think she doesn't leave me out of it, but she knows I would rather just let her do it unless she needs my help. I think there are times she probably wishes she had more help and she'll she'll get it. I don't know what to do with a wedding. I, I'm not looking forward to I'm looking forward to the wedding and the marriage. But all of the details that go into it, I don't look forward to getting all those together. Um, she, and she, she probably doesn't either, but she probably just knows that's what, if she doesn't do it, nobody will. Well, have you guys picked the colors for your wedding? I don't know any colors. I'm pretty <laughs> colorblind. Yeah, I don't know. But has she, like, told you what they might be? Since you're not going to wear a red tux, which is what that segment was kind of about. Um, the red tux is, the red, the red sucks. The red tux isn't <laughs> completely out of the picture. I'm not that married to it anyway, honestly. Um, I think we're just going to be black and white. I think you you think I, or red, white, and blue. I'm maybe getting those two <laughs> things confused. One, yeah, that might be America. Have you learned anything new about Caitlin during this wedding planning process that you didn't know before? I don't know that I've learned anything new. I think that it has solidified my belief that, like, she's just solid with the having a lot on her plate. Her job is a lot all the time too, so she's just good with having to be a very detailed oriented person. I mean, she teaches people around the world how to use different software for oil and gas and a wedding planning is probably just just a minor inconvenience to her but to watch her handle all of it's been pretty cool so I don't know anything new but you know kind of reaffirmed what I already thought about her what about any bridesmaids or groomsmen have you guys decided on that yet Nah, not yet but are you gonna have them I assume yeah I assume hopefully do, are you supposed to right you well some people do and some people don't it just kind of depends on preference. Well, they make these large cutouts. I was going to get five or six of me standing next to me. <laughs> Duplicates of you in yeah, different colors? Yeah, in different color suits, yeah, <laughs> in red suits. Well, and I think this is the biggest question, though. Does Stanley love you or her more? Her. I have to be the enforcer because she's like, I don't want to be, be the disciplinarian. So he, like, hangs under her chair. He never leaves her side. And I have to come in and be like, hey, bro, these are the rules. Let's go. So, and her, her for sure. All right. Well, is there anything else that you think the listeners should know about you and Caitlin and your wedding or just your lives right now? Nope. I think they know it no, all. That's all? I think they, I think. Every little bit of it? I think there's so much that sometimes she's like, do you have to share that? I'm like, yeah, probably a little too much, but. Um, oh, I, I do have one more. Well, I'm just used to being completely TMI all the time and now I have to respect someone else's and I should, but um, no, I think we're pretty much all out there. Honest answer. 
Do you think she's funnier than you? Yeah, of course. Funnier and smarter and more of an athlete. It sucks. I told her I'm just a JV version of her. <laughs> she's marrying the junior varsity version of her. There you have it. All right. Well, Caitlin is the varsity version. So here, check out this segment where we talk a little bit about their wedding, his tux, and her dress, all the things. Oh, I can't wait to listen in. Number two. Let's go. Craig Morgan going to be in studio and he's going to perform coming up in 15, 20 minutes. And this is such a historic day on the show that Craig's coming in that Kayla, my fiance, wanted to come to the studio. I invited her. She was like, I'm there. Yep. She's here right now to watch Craig Morgan live. Yeah. Do we yes. Oh, yeah, we clapped for her. Sorry. Sorry. So how do you feel? I feel pumped. Yeah. I love Craig Morgan. Favorite song? Favorite Craig. Oh, oh. favorite Craig. <laughs> favorite Craig. <laughs> if we were listing second and third Craigs, though. Craig Robertson. Who? Is that Office? Doug Dynasty? Oh. Oh, no, that's, isn't that Doug Dynasty? Isn't that The Office? Oh, yeah, Craig Robinson. Yeah, yeah, Robinson. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, I thought she said Roberson. I, yeah. I kind of said it quietly because I wasn't <laughs> sure. <laughs> so Craig Morgan, Craig Robinson. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all we got, right? No. Craig Biggio. Oh, from the, the, the Houston Astros. Astros. Craig, Moore, uh, Craig Campbell. Craig Campbell, Country of course. Singer. I would do Craig Conover from Southern Charm. Don't no know. one? Okay. No, no. Craig Colbert. I know Morgan's got, I got you. Okay. Craig Ferguson. Oh, the Brit that had the talk show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember him. Craig Craig O'Neill from <laughs> Arkansas Morning Radio and okay. THV Channel <laughs> 11 News in Little Rock. Craig Colbert went to high school with him. Good <laughs> dude. Good. make my list. <laughs> okay. So, Caitlin's here. Uh, let's do the morning corny. Amy's not here. I'm doing the morning corny for her. So, let's do that first. The morning corny. Repeat back the joke, Caitlin. Okay. Okay. How does Jesus make his coffee? How does Jesus make his coffee? He brews it. Oh, he brew. Love it. Love it. it. (laughs) (laughs) That was the morning corny. Well, since we have you here, is it okay to talk about the wedding dress shopping you did this past weekend? Sure. Can I tell you what made me uncomfortable about it? You almost showed me a picture of it. I didn't. That wasn't even the right one. She was like, look at... So here, you're not... I guess you're not supposed to see the wedding dress. Yeah. Which he's been crazy about. I don't want to see it. anything about it. Okay. Why would I want... He's like, why? don't tell me what color it is. I'm like, like it's white. Why? Because it, it brings bad luck? Yeah, yeah. Supposedly. Okay. Which if our relationship is that <laughs> shaky, then like, let's reevaluate. Because I'm pretty sure we could stand. Well, she goes and... Sends me a picture of her, though, in a wedding dress that she didn't pick. Yeah. Is that acceptable? Yeah. Yes. But yeah. she's saying this one sucked. Bay did that with Ray. Ray, you saw wedding dresses that she didn't pick? Yeah, I saw like five runner-ups. I never saw the it one, though, until the day of. Well, I even felt uncomfortable with that. I was like, am I supposed to see this? Is it supposed, is it supposed to be like you white, me going, wow. I wear white sometimes. Do you, though? It's kind of always kind of dingy. because. It- <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know how to watch clothes. And how was that wedding? So you go into a store mm-hmm. and you take your. All my girls. You take your friends. And that's a yeah. thing for girls. You go with your friends and. Yeah, it was a thing. It was awkward for a second for me just because it's weird to walk in and be try on something and then everyone's staring at you telling you if they like it or not. Mm. Like, that's just a little weird. Oh, do they tell you that if they like it before you get to give your opinion? Because you don't want to say, I don't like it, and then that'd be the dress be like, oh, you're like, I love it. That's weird. No, that would have been weird. They didn't. They waited on my reaction and then would say what they thought. That's smart. Which was nice, yeah. And you picked your dress. Yes. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. You said yes to the dress? I said yes to the dress. Already? Yeah, I was so quick. I, I wow. honestly tried on like four dresses and was oh. like, this is it. Because she went into the day going, I'm not going to find anything. Like, you were a bit 
Yeah. Pessimistic about mm-hmm. the process. I don't like trying on clothes. I, I feel like, I mean, maybe Morgan gets it. Like, if you go and you're looking for something specific... You never find it. You never find it. Mm-hmm. It's never good enough. I'm like, I look disgusting. This is horrible. And I didn't want that for my wedding dress. Like, I just wanted it to be a good day, so I was nervous about it. But I went um, to a shop here in Nashville, and they were just lovely. And You can shout them out if you want. Oh, the Dress Theory Nashville. My girl Gianna, she's amazing. Um, yeah, I, she brought dresses that she thought I would like. She listened to my reactions, and she brought me the perfect dress, I cried. My friends all cried. We had my mom on FaceTime. She was crying. It was just, it was so special. Do you guys like drink champagne and stuff while it's happening? Is that why Yeah, you they cried? had champagne. Well, I wonder, but does that affect your emotional? No, no, no. I mean, I think it was just emotional. I just saw myself in a dress. It wasn't that I thought, I look ravishing. It was just like <laughs> I had on this dress and I was like, I'm going to get emotional now. It's just like I get to marry the person I should, like the best person for me. And I just never knew it could feel this good and this settled. And so I was just like standing in the mirror looking at myself in this dress thinking, oh, my gosh, I like it's not even about the dress. It's just this is real. Like I'm really going to get married to you. It was special. Hmm. Wow. And how do you feel about that? Getting married to me. Amazing. Nice. I was hoping she said. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you gonna cry every time you, something happens, like yeah. with wedding planning? Like, <laughs> like when you get the cake, napkins. you pick <laughs> okay, the cake guys. out. You're like, okay, this reminds me. <laughs> okay, leave it to them to ruin my. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not gonna cry okay. at the forks, okay. but that was special. <laughs> Chocolate cream. Oh, oh. These invitations. Are we are... doing that? Like going and do you eat a bunch of cake? Yeah, yeah we're gonna do. You some... have to taste a bunch you have of cake. Taste. Yeah, but I, I didn't go. That. I went. I, my wife went with her dad because I don't like cake. So I said, "You go Lunchbox. do it." Lunchbox. It's not about if you like cake or not. <laughs> <laughs> she probably doesn't like napkins, but she had to choose them. Oh no, she spent forty-five minutes looking at napkins because they were different color whites. I mean, I was like, that's, "I'm out." That's to make it special. No, no one cares about the napkins. Just pick the first napkin because they're just napkins. Oh no one cares gosh. about the plates because they're just plates. How many weddings can you tell me you went to? Tell me what the plates looked like. You have no freaking idea. Yes, I do. Oh. Actually, several are gold. Some are silver. What were rays? White. Rays were white. Challenge me. <laughs> I Actually, got they you were on like that. they were like they had some gold thing underneath them. That's what I'm saying. No one cares. It's just a plate. It's important to us uh. to make the day good for our guests. So we like it if the groom will help out a little bit. Yeah, would, you, would you say I'm helping out? I'd say <laughs> you Go ahead. I'd say that you are when I ask you to, but the problem that we have sometimes with the wedding is that every suggestion he gives is a jokey one. Yeah, sure. So it's like, I, I don't even go to him with real ones. Or if he has a real one, I kind of shut it down because I'm like, I don't want you to say, I want to quack down the aisle. It's like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> or like whatever. Bones, come on. Come on. <laughs> He's like, hey, me and a red, me and a red tux, Eddie and a green, raging idiots. I'm like, it's not a, it's not a concert. Our wedding. Are you gonna? Um, I won't. I don't want to start a fight. Go ahead. There's no fight. She. We're not fighting. We're, not we're fighting. totally like we're, we we're, have. Hey, not we're had. totally cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. What about? Have, have you I decided think... on his color of his tux? Oh, okay. Thank you for bringing that up. <clears throat> That's why I was like, red is a good idea. Because I did see that that somewhere on the show, I guess y'all had said I wouldn't let you wear red, or you wanted to wear red, or something. Yeah. It might have been in an article. <laughs> And some listeners were saying that I needed to let you wear red. Thank you for your feedback, listeners. But this is the thing. 
I will let him wear red. He wants to wear fire engine red. Nice. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. Whoa. Thank you very much. I have offered every shade of red that would be appropriate. Burgundy, maroon, a no, no, little. that's not red. It's not red. That's maroon. Excuse me. Yes, ma'am. A little sooner crimson. Crimson. I don't know what. That. I'm not wearing sooner color. She's from Oklahoma. That's what that means, but by the way. I'm exactly. saying we have looked for a red that would complement the venue and the the dress and everything. And I've offered 10 shades of red, and he just keeps coming back to firing. Look at red. his hat. That Arkansas red looks perfect. It's not happening. That's what I want, Arkansas red. That's okay. I, I have, I have, I'm out. I'm going to wear black. But Stanley's going to get to walk down the aisle. Of course. And I have uh, other things. Uh, um, Stanley's going to be walked down the aisle. No, no, we just let him run free. <laughs> <laughs> we open it up like a dog race. We put him in a crate, and you open it and just see where he runs. Can you imagine? Um, but And then we're hoping, you know, because we're look, looking at an early summer wedding, we're hoping that vaccine is rocking. Which, Absolutely. There was yeah. an update today, I saw. So, anyway, it's going good. It's going great. I am handling the music, though. I've already reached out to my buddy Kramer. Who, Kramer. Who DJs Thank you. In, who DJs in Little Rock? <laughs> Kramer. Yeah. He's like, I got a great guy. I'm like, he's like, he's a great, hey, babe, he's a great DJ. He is I'm a great like, DJ. tell me about him. Got a little connection around here in yeah. Nashville. Oh, like, yeah, a lot of good DJs around here. Has yeah. to be. I'm like, just let me know. I can't wait to sorry. Can't wait to hear him. He's like, nah, buddy from back in Arkansas. <laughs> I said, when's the last time you even saw Kramer? And he's like, I don't know, probably 20 years ago. <laughs> He goes, but he's doing great things on Facebook Live. Yeah, boom. Oh, oh, so wow. Yeah. Uh, buddy, I'm good. Kramer with that. hasn't spun in 20 years. No, he has. He's a DJ. He does weddings all the time. Just kidding. And I reached Live. out to him and I was like, hey, man, you free? He goes, that's like the one weekend I'm free. Oh, so I said, oh, up. the one weekend he's free miraculously. When he really said he had the whole year free? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. Get no, off I'm me just and kidding. Kramer. Thank you, Kramer. I'm really excited to hear your work. Thank you. And I'm picking the band. Yeah, I'll I'll be a part of that. Yeah, you are. You'll bring me some people, and we'll discuss it together. Uh, Craig Morgan's about to be in, but before <laughs> we go away and and come back, let me say that. So Eddie and I were playing in a a charity golf tournament, and I said, "Hey, I need to ask Caitlin a question." Mm-hmm. And so I call her on Facetime. <laughs> Facetime rings for about five minutes, unavailable. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, crap." So Eddie goes, "Well, let me call her." Three seconds after I hang up. <laughs> She's like, oh, hey, Eddie. Hey, what's up? Oh, hey, wow. Eddie. The truth is my phone was face down. Mm-hmm. I guess while he was calling me, my phone's always on silent, which is probably not good because I lose it all the time. But it was face down, so I didn't know he called. And then I just happened to flip it over. I see Eddie. I'm like, oh, Eddie, hey, what's up? It's <laughs> pretty, pretty embarrassing. And then they were together, and it was just Eddie. And then Bobby's like, hey, I called you. <laughs> I don't talk like Orville. Fire Marshal Bill. I called you. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Our biggest segment from the show this week was none other than Craig Morgan. Obviously, it was Veterans Day this week, and he stopped by on the special day. He is a veteran himself. He also was a firefighter, an EMT, and a police officer. I mean, this guy has done it all, and he talked all about it with us. Plus, he performed so many of his hits. Like, I think we went down almost all of his hits, and it was such a cool moment. And Bobby's fiance, Caitlin, was in here with us, and she geeked out, which was really fun to watch. So listen to this whole thing. Enjoy it. Take it in. It's wonderful. Number one on The Bobby Bones Show now. Craig Morgan. Craig, how are you, man? I'm good, buddy. How are you? It's good to see I mean, I see you. 
quite regularly doing the opera. With the opera, yeah. But, but still, it's really good to see you in studio. You too, man. Today is a special day because never in the history of my show has my now fiance wanted to come and watch a performance. She's right here. <laughs> <laughs> not not once. I started following you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you did? I'm following you. Yeah. Oh, Wait, in life? I'm not a creeper. To the I'm store not a or Instagram? I love Bobby, and so I kind of watch who he follows, and, and then I see all y'all's posts, and so I started following you. Oh, I'm going to follow you back. I turned my phone off so it wouldn't go off right now. You don't follow me already? I, I did, but I stopped. What did I do? I'm sorry. No, I just felt weird. <laughs> but now I have permission. That's awesome. She might be your biggest fan ever. Oh, yeah. you're so sweet. That's I, awesome. And I didn't know, but I would just start, you know, I'd have different playlists that you were on, and she would know every yeah. single word to every single song. Oh, there that's are amazing. no skips on your playlist. If I turn it on, Craig Morgan Artist on Spotify, no skips. Oh, you're ever. so sweet. That's awesome. What is your favorite Craig Morgan song of There's, all time? Uh, well, what I love about Sunday. Oh. Obviously. Do you guys know that? Oh, oh, oh. He's <laughs> grabbing it right now. All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's, let's hear a little bit. Raymond's in his Sunday best. He's usually up to his chest. In old and Greece There's some Martins walking in With that mean little freckle-faced kid Who broke a window last week Sweet Miss Betty likes to sing off key In the pew behind me That's what I love about Sunday I sing along as the choir sways Every verse of Amazing Grace Then we shake the preacher's hand Go home into your blue jeans Have some chicken and some baked beans Pick a backyard football team Not do much of anything That's what I love about Sunday Nice, come yeah. on! I didn't think once we sent you a voice memo of her singing that in the car. Yes, didn't she I did. text you? I was like, Craig, she's singing every song. I can't get her to stop. That's awesome. I do have a question. Yes, ma'am. Can I ask a question? You can do whatever you want. Okay. Is it Sally and Rod, Ron, or Rob? Because I trail off. I hit raw hard and don't ever know what to end on. <laughs> That's uh, funny. That is funny. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? So where's that line? Uh, uh, looks line, like Sally, Sally and Rod. Oh, Ron. Ron. Looks like Sally and Ron. I think that's um, the harmony part, too, and I don't even... Ron. Are you Ron? Are we you do sure? the same thing. <laughs> and I'm the singer. Yeah. Looks like Sally and Ron. It's up to our interpretation. Ron, yeah. It might yeah. be Rob. It, it might Ron, be Rob Rod. It could be Bob. Aww. Looks like Sally and Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Bob. Hey, so today, we're bringing you for a couple reasons. One, um, she loves you. <laughs> uh, obviously, I do, but it's also Veterans Day today. It is, yeah. which a very special day, right, for all of us, but especially you who served. You know, and I just finished a podcast talking with a lot of veterans, where I did a whole series on, you know, how they transitioned from being in the service to being a civilian. What was that like for you transitioning? Uh, I, I'll tell you what I tell everybody. I'm working on it. <laughs> Still, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a difficult thing for the average American who's never served to truly comprehend because you live a lifestyle that is so unimaginable, uh, especially someone like myself for such a long period of time. And I'm not, I, I'm not trying to uh, dilute the 
someone who only might serve three years. But the more time you spend in that lifestyle, the more difficult it is to not separate yourself, but but transition into something that is n- nothing like that. I mean, just imagine uh, spending a, a third of your life driving as fast as you can, avoiding being shot. Uh, hearing stuff blow up, seeing dead bodies, and all of this for a very long period of time. Because we've been in conflict, you know, for quite some time. And, and we're still in conflict. There's people still experiencing that on a daily basis. So it's a difficult transition. I'm not saying like I have issues with it, but, you know, like if I see something bad happening to someone, I immediately go into that mode of, of I need to defend that person. And I'm willing to die to do that. And that's a gene, a trait that you experience. And I don't know that you're born with it, but you definitely develop it when you spend a large portion of your life in that environment. So with you, why did you get into the military? Why did you enlist? I wanted free hunting clothes. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um I think, I, you know, I grew up wanting to do something bigger than 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 just be me, uh, which makes this job really difficult. <laughs> um, and I'm still that guy. Still, uh, like I said, if I see someone uh, being abused or hurt, I feel like I, I, we're supposed to step in. It's the human thing to do. Uh, and I've always felt like that. Even before the military, I was an EMT. You know, I was on the fire department. Uh, after I got out, I went to straight to work as a police officer. Um I just I feel like the desire to help other people, and some of it's for self. I guess I mean I'm not going I'm not going to lie to you. You, you want to feel it makes you feel good when you help someone. I mean even something as simple as giving the guy on the side of the street a buck to buy or giving him a, a happy meal or something. You know what I mean? It makes you feel good. So that is compounded when you save someone's life. I mean it's a good feeling. But I don't do it for that good feeling or that energy as much as I just feel like it's the right thing. You've done so many things, so many so many careers that that, that give back. Consistently, right? You listed all the things. Even you even worked in the dairy department at Walmart, I believe. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. we talk about that? <laughs> you, know, you watch the weather close when you're that guy. How did you like? Because for you to jump into a career of doing country music, that's kind. All those jobs, as crazy and as dangerous as they are, that's they're still stable. And you have a job as a police officer. You have a job. In the, in the military, you have a job. This is not stable what you're doing now. No, like, you're right. How in the world did you go? All right, I'm going to go pursue country music, and it's complete instability. Uh, I, I attribute it to uh, a couple of leaders that I had um, who were great, uh, uh, very inspirational. Uh, in fact, when I decided to make the transition uh, out of active duty, I was so unsure that it, that this would work that I stayed in the active reserves. And I went and talked to my commander, who to this day is a very dear friend. And another gentleman, some of you may recognize the name, General Shelton. He was my general officer at the time. Uh, and I went and talked to him, and I said, look, I'm considering getting into the music business. I think, you know, if I don't do it now, I never will. Because I was at 10 and a half years of active duty, half my career, you know, over. So, and, and I'll never forget, Colonel Graham and General Shelton both said, if you stay in the Army— there's a good chance you're on track to be the sergeant major of the Army someday. We believe you have the potential to be the sergeant major of the Army. But we also think that you should try this. Stay in the active reserves. 
If it don't work, you'll come back in. You'll lose no time in service. At least you can say you tried. You're really good at this. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, they had more confidence in my ability than I did. I mean, I wasn't trying to be – I didn't get out to be a singer, really. I really wanted to just write because I knew that you could make money writing songs instantly through this thing called, they call an advance. I didn't understand it at the time, but I knew you could get paid. I had a wife and two kids, so I needed to make money. So that's what I did. I got a publishing deal, and, and that led to a record deal, and now here we are. What was the first song for you when it hit? It could have been your first, second, third hit, maybe not even a hit, where you go, okay, I think I ha- actually have some, some, some real chance here to, to stay in the music scene. Like, oh. what, what, what song was it? Uh, I think Almost Home definitely helped. That was a pusher for me. But I, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, in 2000, my first single came out, a song called Paradise, uh, which was a top 20 or top, mm-hmm. top 30 hit. I mean, and that's a big hit. Of course, back then it, it was different than it is now. Um, but it wasn't until 2008 when I was made a member of the Grand Ole Opry that I felt like I had some stay power in the business. I'll be honest. And what a cool Grand Ole Opry story you have because it wasn't in Nashville, right? When they, no. It, it was at, at a base. Uh, at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. My invitation came there. And, and it was really cool because, you know, I, I was very fortunate to work with a lot of great heroic Americans and a lot of those guys. And these are guys that work in the special forces uh, in the f- community. Um, just just real, we call them door bangers. These are real dudes, man, who've seen a lot of stuff. And, and a bunch of those guys were standing on the side of the stage. You know, they don't. They weren't out in the audience. They weren't mixing in because they these guys. You don't know their faces. You don't know their names. And they were all over there and standing. My wife was over there. And when John Conley came up and invited me, like I, I completely lost my crap, dude. I mean, I was just so torn up about being invited to be a member of the Opry. And and I probably would have been okay, but I looked over, and some of the toughest men I know in the world were crying. It was like you know they were more proud than I was. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So yeah. The Grand Ole Opry invitation came on a military installation. That's that's an amazing story. Uh, it's a true story. I mean, so. <laughs> Craig Morgan's here. You mentioned Almost Home, which, again, has probably been played in my house more times in the past <laughs> month. Right? I'm sorry. Yeah. She's it's a good one. And she's like, this is such beautiful. a sad. Why do you love this song? It's beautiful. It's about a person whose dreams are better than his real life, and he wants to stay in his dreams, and someone wakes him up because they think he's needs to go home but he's like i was home in my head oh you just described that song yeah. to the i mean to its perfection that is exactly you know i i i just wrote a song called the mask and it's kind of the the a, a, a current description of that same thing you know we have to put on this mask when we go to work and i'm not talking about the physical mask that we're wearing like you have a crappy day mm-hmm. uh bobby you've had crappy things happen in life and you still get up and you go to work you put that mask on. And that's what that almost home for me was about. The old man was laying there asleep and he was, even though he might've been chilly in his dream and in his uh, unconscious state, uh, he was happy, uh, you know, and, and that's okay. That's a, I think it's okay that we do that. We're supposed to, it's called dreaming. You know, mm-hmm. when you quit dreaming, you quit living in my opinion. Craig Morgan's here. Do you guys want to play a little bit of almost home? Yeah, we'd be glad to. From 2002. He had plastic bags wrapped around his shoes He was covered with the evening news Had a pair of old wool socks on his hands 
Bang, Simon's flashing five below. It was freezing rain and spitting snow. He was curled up behind some garbage cans. I was afraid that he was dead. I gave him a gentle shake. When he opened up his eyes, I said, Old man, are you okay? And he said, just climbed out of a cottonwood tree I was running from some honeybees Drift drying in the summer breeze After jumping in the Calico Creek I was walking down an Man, I wish you'd just left me alone Cause I was almost home Come on That's great, man. That's great. Thank you. Craig Morgan's here. I didn't, listen, I assume, do you guys know all of your songs? You two? No. You know, I forget the words regularly. <laughs> I can help you out if you forget any I mean, lines. Ron, come on. Ron, you, Ron, Rob, who knows? <laughs> well, you bring up the, the, the mask, and I, I mean, do you guys know enough of that to play a little bit of that now? Uh, you, I'll play it. Yeah. You guys don't mind, right? No, I don't okay, mind. Man, I'm, here, I'm here to have fun, y'all. All right. Like, this I've is, been doing this a while, and I still can't believe people want it. They still listen. <laughs> so, right. you kidding? Here's Craig Morgan. <laughs> Yeah, I got pains inside of me Pains I don't let people see I say I'm fine cause I know they see me strong Behind my eyes, inside my soul Feels like I'm digging a deeper hole But I put on a smile, I lie and I hold on Cause when I get home and it's late at night No one's around and I turn off the lights I cry and scream and yell like a crazy man I don't have to pretend that I'm doing well I can tell the world it can go to hell It's just me and God when I take off the mask Nice, that's awesome man, look at this God, family, country. It came out in the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. what else are you going to do? Right. How often, Craig, are you in a snowy place with large animals versus home? <laughs> At least uh, twice a year during the snow, uh, which isn't, that's the good time because the bear are hibernating. Uh, it's the summer in Alaska. When we go up there during the summer, that you have to be a little more careful, a little more cautious. Uh, it seems like every time I see you online, you're with the, you, you've killed some sort of big animal. Well, uh, I, I'm into the outdoors, yeah, as you know, and uh, I'm I'm big into eating healthy. Like my wife and I haven't bought meat from a grocery store in probably 15 years, uh, so we only eat meat that I harvest, which is you know completely organic. Uh, I know what it's been eating. 
uh, because I'm out there in the environment where it's eating it. So, yeah, that's why I do that. Uh, and I do love being in the outdoors. I mean, for me, it's not always just about shooting an animal. Um, in fact, I've been, I was going to go this morning, but it was just too hot. But I just love being out in the woods and watching the sun come up and listening to the birds when they first start singing and the smells and mm-hmm. everything about it for me is just, I mean, it's just so rejuvenating. You sound like Caitlin. Yeah, I was about to say, that sounds like a dream. It is a dream, and I live it pretty regular. Yeah. You, you did the uh, Lifetime movie. Yeah. What is your acting experience up to that? Uh, I, well, this is my third movie. Uh, I've been on the TV show Rizzoli and Isles. I had a character in that. I tell people I laugh because I literally have a, uh, a Bachelor's of Science in Forensics, and the only time I've worked as a forensics investigator was on the TV show Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like that TV commercial, you know. Uh, but that's the truth, yeah. Um, so I've done a bunch, uh, I, and I've been pretending, I've been acting like a singer for almost 20 years. <laughs> when are you most nervous, acting, singing, or when there's a crazy situation and you're called into action to, to help somebody? The helping somebody, I never get nervous in those situations because I figure the worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to die. And I'm prepared to die I, at, at any time, uh, whether it be COVID or, or getting hit by a car or, or you know, whatever my, the situation might be. I'm, my soul is ready. Uh, I don't want to die. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'm prepared uh, spiritually, physically, emotionally. I'm prepared to die. Uh, I, I really get a little nervous uh, in the acting thing, depending on who's there, because I'm not a you know, staple actor. So I want to do well because I don't want people to go, oh, country singer thinks he's an actor, you know. (laughs) Just like baseball players think they're singers, you know, or songwriters or whatever, you know. Uh, Anytime we cross into another genre, we we take the stigma with us. Uh, So I want to do well. I want to represent. I I love it when I do something and the director goes, hmm, not not what I expected. (laughs) And you Um, you like acting. I do. I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I don't have to worry about a band, a crew. <laughs> no offense, Mike. <laughs> no offense, Mike. <laughs> uh, but 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 on stage, I want to do well. As as it, also uh, when we do a show, uh, like we got this show coming up. We got this uh, drive-in show in a couple of days. Where in Dixon? And, uh, it's it sold out. Uh, so they sold all the cars they could sell. But it's that's such a different environment. So. I want to. I want people to enjoy themselves. I, when they come to this show, it's a different show. But so, but when they leave, I want them to feel like they got the same feeling and emotions that they would get at a normal concert. And that's that's a little nerve. That makes you a little nervous, right. you know. But we just do what we do and hope that everyone enjoys themselves and feels like they got their money's worth. I've been singing one of your songs wrong for <laughs> 13 years now. You know which one? Mm-hmm. Which one? International Harvest. International Harvest, yeah. <laughs> so we're in Virginia. Caitlin and I are, we go to Virginia for my Nat Geo show, and we're, we're on a farm, and Caitlin's singing every word. You want to sing a little bit of it? Go ahead. Where do you want me to come the, in? Uh, <laughs> that's the thing. She knows it all from the beginning. Go ahead. You got it. Hit, hit that deep one. I'm a sick. Go, go. Come on. <laughs> you want me to go there? Yeah, just go there. Um, well, no, I'm going to do... <laughs> She's calling the audible here, boy. That sounded like a little bit of life. Are you sure you were on the right? Oh, I love that. That's good, though. That did sound like the intro to a little bit of life. Um, Go ahead. I'm a son of a third generation farmer. Come on. I've been married 10 years to the farmer's daughter. I'm a hard-working, God-fearing combine driver, hogging up the road with my (laughs) flower, chugga-lugga-lugging five miles an hour. 
I'm an international harvester. No, no, no. Because oh. I sang I'm an international yes. harvester because that's how he sings it, but it's on my internet. You're right. Well, Bobby says, I'm a. Yeah, I was he like, says, where's he harvesting? Russia? China? <laughs> <laughs> Give us a little bit of that uh, yeah. 2007 international harvester from, the, from the, the, the mouth of the man himself. Yep. <laughs> I'm the son of a third generation farmer. I've been married 10 years to a farmer's daughter. I'm a God-fearing, hard-working combine driver, hogging up the road on my p p p p plower, chugga-lugga-lugging five miles an hour on my international harvester. Come on! That's yeah. awesome. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think if people go to you, and this is... Th- the most complimentary thing that I can say, and I hope you take it this way. I think sometimes you go to a show and you're like, oh, I didn't know I knew that song. I didn't know I – if they go to one of your shows, I bet you if they're not a super fan and just a casual fan, they go, I didn't know he sang that because you have so many hits. You're not offending me at all. In fact, I had a T-shirt made <laughs> yeah. that on the back, it's literally – and we sell them. It says, the guy who sings mm. International Harvester. That's what I love about Sunday. Redneck Y'all Club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I can read lips, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've been on stage and I see someone go, I didn't know he sang yeah. <laughs> I love that. Dude, when you, this old boy is a song that I feel like I relate to now. And I never yeah. did. I never really did in my life. Right. Until I met her. Yes. And then you would hear, I'd hear this old boy. And it's like a song about you just <laughs> like, I'm lucky. I get this old boy gets to have all this stuff Got it now. going on. Yeah. And I, I really never felt like I understood that song until her. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's so sweet. And probably her playing it for me over and over again, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, you get tired of it. Uh, that, that's really what it's, that song's about, all about, you know, that relationship. And being, I've been married to the same woman for over 30 years. Uh, and she just, I mean, she has just gotten hotter lately. It's just, <laughs> I mean, God dang. She has, like, not gray, but this silver hair. It's natural. I'll show you a picture in a minute. I'm not kidding y'all. Uh, and she's gotten it back into her health kit. You know, when we lost our son, it was a real difficult time. Uh, and, and and we managed to stay strong in, in our faith and in our relationship, but it's just tough. Um, but, man, she has gotten back in, and good gosh, she looks good. <laughs> She's pretty. Yeah. She is pretty. Let's, uh, let's do one more. Let's do Redneck Yacht Club. I feel like if we don't, my listeners are going to be upset. All right. Ready? I meet my buddies out on the lake. We're headed out to a special place we love But just a few folks know There's no signing of no monthly dues Take your Johnson, your Mercury, or your Evan Rude And fired up, made us out of particle I come on in, the water's fine I just idle on over and toss the line Bass trackers, bayliners, and a party barge Strung together like a floating trailer park Anchored out and getting loud all summer long Side by side there's five houseboat front porches Astroturf lawn chairs and tiki torches Regular Joes rocking the boat, that's us the Redneck Yacht Club. Come on. Yeah. Craig Morgan in studio. <laughs>
Let me tell you, he's got so much going on. First of all, check out the record, uh, God Family Country. It was out this summer, but, you know, you probably... Nothing's been normal, and we're starting to get a bit normal, it feels now. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's got to be weird putting out music and not being able to really tour it. It, it, was, it is super weird uh, promoting And what's really weird is when we put this album out, we didn't go to the uh, marketplace with it. It was uh, strictly through download because we felt like it didn't make a lot of sense. Because at the time, when we first put it out, nobody was going shopping for the most part. Uh, especially not buying CDs. And when I do my live streams, I'll be like, look, I know you're probably not working, so if you can't buy, it's no big deal. But <laughs> listen to us, you know, listen to it online, you yeah. know. If you can afford one song, that's cool, you know. Um, and, and we still to date have not pushed the uh, hard product to all the main outlets. Uh, you can get the hard product on our website and, um, I don't know, other places. But uh, but as far as it being in Walmart or those kind of places, we didn't do that. Uh, and yet I had like the... Biggest first week of sales yeah, I've ever, ever had, had. Yeah, during yeah. a pandemic. So, which told me that people still very much love to hear music. You know, so that's a good thing. Or love to hear Craig Morgan's music. I think you're not giving yourself enough credit here. Uh, music is a very healing thing, and I think it doesn't matter. I mean, even Blake Shelton's selling records. You know, so <laughs> that's saying a lot. <laughs> Caitlin. Did you enjoy your experience here? I loved it. My favorite phrase now around the house when you're on is like, ugh, give it a Grammy. Like, I want to go back <laughs> Every in song, time. she's like, she's like, give that song I'm a like, Grammy. Let's go back in time and give that one We a have Grammy. a song just for you that we'll do after oh, we're done. my gosh. What do you mean after we're done? What is it? Uh, well, you two guys are, you know, engaged. We are. Everything. You're going to, I wrote a song, we wrote a song that, uh, uh, like I said, we went through some hard times after losing our son. Mm-hmm. And... I wrote, we wrote this song because I think people give up too easy. And you guys are going to run across some gravel roads. It's going to be tough. You're going you're gonna to hate him sometimes, <laughs> I promise you. And, and he's going to be very angry with you at times. Uh, but this is a song about not, not letting that stuff interfere. Is this song already out? It's on it? the new record. Okay, well let's, well, let's do it now. We've got millions of people listening. Okay. <laughs> what is this song? We ain't going out like this. Midnight, sitting here, can't see clear, wasting tears on you. Tick-tock, round the clock, on the dot, every thought consumes this missing you. Going round and round like this, is it time to call it quits? Craig Morgan. Wow. <laughs> Man, we appreciate you coming in, just playing. Because, heck, half the stuff I didn't even run by you. I was like, play this. Yeah. Ah, no so, worries. I'm glad to be here. Thank everybody y'all. throw a dollar in his case when you he walks it. out. Yeah. It's been tough right now. <laughs> Open the case up. Uh, let me also let me mention a couple things here. Friday's at 4 with performances and Q&A on Craig's Facebook page. Um, also, the Lifetime movie, which is, what is that movie called? 
uh, uh, a welcome home Christmas. Raymundo reviewed it, watched it, said you were good in it, and this is before you came on the air. Oh, awesome! Thank you, Ray. You give him. Yeah, it was good. I thought maybe you should have had a kissing scene with Jana Kramer. Your role should have been bigger. He can't hear you, but he said your role should have been bigger, and he was waiting for a kissing scene with you and Jana Kramer. Oh no, she had that with the other fellow. That's our next movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Craig, and uh, check out Craig's World on Circle Network. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, there he is. Uh, This has been extremely special for me. Thank you for coming in and just being so open and playing. And you got her up to the studio, which she's always like, you know, I'm just going to listen on the app. I'll listen (laughs) later. So, (laughs) Well, thank you, Kate. No, thank you. All right, Craig Morgan, everybody. Thank you, Craig. Thank you all. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Well, that wraps it up for me. Thanks for listening. That was our top segments this week. But, you know, there's so much content that happens on our show. So make sure you go check it out on our show site, which is bobbybones.com. Also, all of our social media is at Bobby Bones Show. And you can literally catch up on everything we talked about. I promise you, I put all the content there for you guys. Also, don't forget to follow me. I'm at WebGirlMorgan. And join me next Saturday for more behind the scenes because I promise this is the best part. You get all the juicy details. Come on. Bobby Bones, yeah.